Hey there, what's up everybody? Welcome to Evoke Greatness. This podcast was created for those of you who, like me, are driven by their curious nature and fascination with the champion mindset. If you have an insatiable hunger for growth and knowledge, or maybe you're just curious on how some of the most successful people have navigated their journey, we share the ups and the downs, the highs and the lows, and all the lessons learned along the way. It doesn't matter what chapter you are on in your story. Maybe you're just getting started, or heck, maybe you're halfway through. What I know is where intention goes, energy flows. It's my most sincere hope that you will hear something in one or maybe many of these episodes that resonates with you and reminds you that you are not in this alone. As we venture into year two, I hope that you find a sense of connection and community when you're here, because we all deserve a place where we belong. My name is Sunny, and I am so glad you're here. If you're new, there's a few things you want to know about me. I am a huge book nerd and a wee bit of a control enthusiast with an obsession for motivational coffee cups. I believe that a rising tide raises all ships, and I invite you along in this journey to evoke greatness. Support for the Evoke Greatness podcast is brought to you by BlendJet. Anyone who knows me knows that I do not travel without my portable blender. I have morning green smoothies every single day. BlendJet 2 is portable, lightweight, and slips right in my bag or purse. You can blend a smoothie at work, a protein shake at the gym, or even a margarita at the beach. It's small enough to fit in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease. BlendJet 2 is whisper quiet, so when you're making your morning smoothie, you don't have to wake up the whole house. This thing lasts for 15-plus blends and recharges quickly via USB-C. Best of all, BlendJet 2 cleans itself. You literally just blend water with a drop of soap and you're good to go. It cleans the whole thing out. So what are you waiting for? Go to BlendJet.com and grab yours today. Be sure to use the promo code SUNNY12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the BlendJet 2. They guarantee it or your money back. Blend anytime, anywhere with BlendJet 2 Portable Blender. Go to BlendJet.com and use the code SUNNY12, S-O-N-N-I-E 12, to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Welcome back to another episode of Evoke Greatness. My guest today is Cord Sachs, President and CEO and Chief Inspiration Officer for both Wild Spark and Fire Seeds. And as I found out, I'm sad to say a War Eagle fan. Kidding. I mean, everybody has to have a downfall, but roll tide. <laughs> I, I was not aware of that. So, uh, I figured I figured I'd throw I'd, I'd throw a curveball at you right out of the gates. But nonetheless, Cord, thank you very much for your time today. I appreciate you having you on. Well, I love the authentic way we've started, and you have given me your true colors, and I will give you mine today. And that's I love way it. I know how to do this. So I and I appreciate it. That's I'll be real, and um, uh, I hope I hope people see my life as an open book. So so War Eagle to you. War Eagle. There we go. Well, Roll Tide, War Eagle. I mean, potato, potato, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Bigger things in life. All right. Well, I want to dive right in. I have been dying to get some time with you just almost selfishly, right? I'm somebody who is really hungry for growth and knowledge and understanding how people function and why and what drives them. 
And as you lead two companies who are filled to the brim with young, dynamic talent, I'm curious at what point in your life or career did focusing on cultivating a real deep sense of community and team and culture become something of significance for you? Yeah, no, that's, that was, uh, it was modeled by my dad. First of all, um, I saw him do business in, and I didn't know at the time, right? I was, uh, a 10 to 15 year old kid who, who, who wasn't thinking about what my dad was doing and the model he was, but I saw him do work in a very unique way to where he just engaged people and used his work environment, uh, as a way to, to grow people, to get involved in their lives. I can't tell you how many times we had them in our homes. It just he blurred a lot of the lines that that most would say are appropriate between you know personal and professional engagement and growth. And hey, if we're going to do business together, we're going to do life together. So I saw it there. I saw it reinforced uh, on really in in my college experience where I had someone invest deeply in me. Um, with a challenge to, I'm doing this so that you will invest in others, kind of a pay it forward mm. mentality. Like, hey, I don't expect anything from you. You're not going to pay me for this, but it's a deep passion of, of, of this mentor um, to always be investing. And you said earlier, a younger generation. So he invested into me, but he said, I the expectation I have is that you will invest in others. And so um, I took that to heart. I saw the radical way that it changed my life. And it I didn't have a choice almost, but it came a passion. It became a conviction. Um, I ended up then spending about seven years uh, on the college campus uh, in a ministry setting, ministering to college students um, uh, with a ministry called Campus Outreach, uh, worked with athletes. And uh, and so just, just saw what can happen when you give your life to investing in a few and you give them that same challenge to, hey, the, the goal here, though, there is an agenda. It's not for me, but it's for others that are going to be in your downline. And I just saw movements take place. And, and, and when, I, when, when, when I got to be a part of that and saw it doesn't just change your life, but it can change someone else's. And then a, there's a downline that's a part of your legacy. I just said, this is what I want to give my life to. So little context for you. I'm pretty passionate about it. So, but that's where it all started. One, one person chose to give their life to me and, 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 and pour into me and multiply into me. And, um, and the real thrill came when I got to do that for others. Mm. And you mentioned multiply, and, and that's what you, you talk about a lot. And even your team, you hear this resounding message around multiplying leaders. Mm. What, what are some ways that people who even maybe in that younger gen- generation, may not yet be in a leadership role, how can they lean into the space of multiplying that those good characteristics and qualities and, and other leaders? Yeah, no, I love it. I actually, an hour ago, I had one of our interns set an appointment on my calendar for this morning, and he asked me that same question. He said, how can I grow it? And this is an intern, right? This is someone who's been with us maybe six weeks now. And he's, he, said, he's, he said that same thing. You guys are talking about multiplying leaders. Like, I, I'm really intrigued. I'm attracted to that. And I know it has to do with me at some point multiplying into others, but I'm an intern. And how do I do that now? And, and I would say, hey, lead East and West right now. 
Okay. Lead east and west first. So you're here. You can lead and encourage in a lot of creative ways with the people around you right now that are your peers, other interns. Um, and then I want to encourage you to lead north. Like mm-hmm. I want you to, you, you have, I told him, I said, you're an intern. You're about 20 years younger, probably more than I, than I am, but I made myself feel better by saying 20. <laughs> um, and I said, you're better at things than I am. You can lead me if you'll just take initiative to do that. If you'll get to know me and then think intentionally for me, there will be areas you can speak into my life. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you a little secret. If you want to grow, because he was saying, you know, let's say I worked here. How would I grow in your organization? I would say take initiative to lead me. And the very thing you're doing right now, you scheduled time with me. I looked at my calendar today and lo and behold, uh, JR Tran Reno is on the schedule. He's one of our interns. And I was more fired up about this meeting. This is probably second. Uh, my podcast. I was super fired up to come on your podcast, but to know one of my young, young leaders was coming to simply sit down and take initiative to lead me today in a conversation. He led the conversation. He had all of his questions scripted and thought through, and it was, it was remarkable, right? He is going and is becoming and is thinking like a multiplying leader already. I'll be second to that any day of the week for sure, because that well, is I have that with the podcast. So it may end up being <laughs> my favorite part. So here we go. But that's a powerful, that's a powerful thing that you are allowing space for, right? If you didn't have time for it, if you didn't create an environment in which people felt like they could step up, regardless of what their role was, if they were an intern or your top leader, if you didn't create space for someone to say, can I get time on your calendar? And here's some things I want to go over. That meeting wouldn't have existed. Very, very true. And, and so what that, what that gentleman got out of that meeting was a prime example of how I see everyone in your organization that I've had the, the pleasure of having some engagement with they act that exact same way. And so it really is from, from the top down and creates right. a ripple effect. That's right. And, and it, it's our vision. It's our why. And I don't just say that just theoretically, and you should have a vision, you should have a why. It really is. It is our why. It's our vision statement is, first of all, to glorify God in everything we do. But we glorify God through multiplying movements of multiplying leaders in the for-purpose market space. And they... I think get tired of hearing that. Uh, I don't think they get tired of it, but they should because I talk about it all the time. We start every meeting with uh, every engagement, every meeting with why are we here? And we're going to take whatever we're doing and we're going to push it back up into that why. Um, So they, they hear us talk about it all the time and it really is an expectation, but it is our why. We're very intentional about it. Well, and that kind of leads me to my next question is really around the personalities and the talent on your team between both companies, what does that recruiting or interviewing process look like? Because you have, you have diamonds throughout both companies. How does one draw in that type of talent? Yeah. um, And it, and it really starts again with the why they're coming and they hear about the reputation of our brand is, is really the reputation of our why. And they want to be a part of something so much bigger than a job. So that's, that's the first, the first stage of vetting is, do you have a story and a why a purpose for why you do business uh, that is bigger than the job? And so that's Mm -hmm. the first secret. And it's, 
you got to kind of have it, either have it or you don't. It's hard to vet that out if you don't have it, right? Because what I want to do is I want to talk about all the things that are not the job uh, initially, and, and I want them to be drawn to that. Uh, and if they aren't drawn to that, nothing else matters. Doesn't matter how talented they are. See, talent can get in the way of a of a of getting the right people on your team if you don't emphasize and prioritize first the why and the purpose behind why you you exist. And if that is strong enough, and so that's an exercise for folks: is our why strong enough to recruit great talent? If that's all we talk about, right? I want them to be so excited at the end of the explanation of why we exist that they say, I don't care what the job is. Uh, I want to come work for you. Um, and, and, and of course the job is important, right? And, and they got to be able to do that job. Well, so a lot of our vetting then is, are they going to buy in and be excited about our vision, mission and values? Right. Um, and then of course, okay, can you do the job? And, uh, and let's, let's have some, let's, let's really discover together if this is where you're, you're called to align your passion, which, we hope it aligns with with our why, with your skill sets and your temperament. So I think there's those three things we look at. Got to align to the why. It's a non-negotiable. But then there's skill sets and temperament that are very important that we get right to put someone in the right opportunity and the right track. And if you get all three, you, you people talk about them like they're diamonds. And okay. you're going to learn very quickly. I'm not that talented. I'm not very smart. I wasn't this. I didn't have great grades. I but. But for whatever reason, I got good models put in front of me and I learned that if I get better people on the team than me, like things go really well. Right. And um, and then I just go in with that mentality. I know they're better than me, so I can give them all the glory. I can give them the credit. I can affirm and encourage and uh, and I can give them a lot of ownership a lot earlier than than most probably executives are willing to give and uh, and probably that most leaders aren't ready to handle but it's worked out. Yeah. And that's in the place of stretch, right? I think oftentimes, regardless of where you are in the trajectory of, of your career, when you're given a little more than you think you're capable of, if you're willing, if you're willing to step into that, you will be stretched and you will grow profoundly as a result. And I think you're right. Not all leaders are willing to give that and not all people are willing to accept that. And that's another part of the vet most like I, there's, a, there's a part of our vetting process. You know, Fire Seeds was the first company I created and it really was to find great leaders. So we, we've got a few reps on finding great leaders. But a big part of the vet is getting to the really hard parts of what we do, like the ugly parts of any mm -hmm. job and really painting the picture of ugly it, with, with a purpose of trying to scare them away. Like there is always right. a part of our interviewing process where I say, okay, now I've shared vision. I'm a vision caster. Uh, I want you to buy into a really big vision, which is going to impact your life and a lot of other people's. But let's put that on the shelf right now. And I want to go to the other extreme and I want to tell you how hard this job is. And it is not, it is not for everybody. Right. And, and, and there is a lot of trial and struggle and development and growth and feedback. Like if you don't like feedback here and, and you don't like getting a lot of it, like this is not going to be the place for you. But let me go there. So let me, let me give you a couple scenarios. And we do this for our clients too. It's one of the things on the recruiting side. We say, okay, what's the ugly? Now, I know you told me all the good stuff about you, but I want to tell the candidates the bad stuff, the ugly stuff, not just the bad, but the ugly. And I want to paint that picture and I want to see if I can scare them away. Because the right leaders 
they lean into that. Right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I just spent the last week in San Diego, California with a good friend. He's a lieutenant commander in the Navy SEALs. And I mean, I, I so revere and, and, and respect this group of warrior leaders. Um, but their whole vet is, let me show you Hell Week. And if you don't get excited about leaning into Hell Week, that's our greatest recruiting tool. So I said, I want to show them, I, I want to show them our, and, and our, our, our version of Hell Week is, is, let me, there's no comparison. Let me just share that, of course. But it's the principle, right? Like the right leaders want to step into challenges that will grow and develop them. So, right. Yeah. And, and, uh, as we go deeper, I want to I want to have everybody be able to understand. So we talked about Fire Seeds, we talked about Wild Spark. What do those two companies specialize in? So you talked a little bit about Fire Seeds being recruiting, but will you give a little more color to both? Yeah. So everything goes back to the vision: We're multiplying movements of multiplying leaders in the for-purpose market space. Okay, we want to come come alongside other organizations and help them create as a part of their culture, part of their ethos, a movement that multiplies. Because you have leaders that buy into this principle of part of my life is always going to be about growing people, growing someone else. That's the core of a multiplying leader, high character, high drive. And they have an intrinsic value to want to be developed, learner, learner, learner. They have a growth mindset and they want to give and grow and develop other people. If you get that right then that changes a lot of the scenarios that give you problems and all of the things that you bump into if you get that part of who that person is. Character, drive, and they want to give their life to growing people, right? So, so that's so, so the, the, the what we do, the what and how is our mission. We discover, deploy, and develop multiplying leaders. So discovery is fire seeds. We discover multiplying leaders. It's a recruiting firm, really. I mean, we, we recruit through the lens of how do we attract multiplying leaders? Now we're going to deploy those multiplying leaders into other companies. So that's the deployment part, right? We're going to deploy a, a, a leader, an actual leader that buys into this philosophy of I'm going to be about growing other people at every level. So at entry level, at mid-level, at executive C-suite level, you find someone that always wants to grow. They have an engine, right? A drive component. And they want to build leaders at every level. You can, you can find that. All right. So we, we discover, we deploy the leader. But then from day one, we said we also want to deploy a development strategy. So we discover, deploy, and develop multiplying leaders. So the developed side is WildSpark. So we then can come alongside these organizations that maybe we've placed a leader already in that we know has a vision and a, and a, and a track record of building people and growing people. And then we can give them a system and a process that codifies, if you will, building a multiplying movement, building a leadership structure through a technology platform that puts people in scenarios where they get to grow and lead real time. So I'm, I'm reading Atomic Habits again for the second time. And I'm sure if you read Atomic Habits, I'm sure oh, you yeah. have James Clear. Well, he said you don't become a writer. You become, you become a writer by writing, right? You become a, if you want to build habits around someone that you want to become, you need to start doing it as soon as possible. You don't just read about it or you don't see other people doing it. You don't become that until you start doing it. So we would say, how do you get, how do you get people to start leading 
and getting their reps in leadership. And so that's what we built WildSpark to deliver. We want to give people the opportunity to lead a lot sooner than they can prior to their promotion. Like most people, well, you'll get to lead when you, it was that question that, J, that JR asked me this morning, when can I lead? How can I lead? Well, if I, if I had to say, well, one day you'll get a team and you can start practicing leadership. Right. Oh my gosh. First of all, that's so daunting. How long will that take? Right. I mean, I've still got leaders that have been with me five years that don't have a team yet, but we've given them lots of opportunity to lead. And so that's what WildSpark does. It gives the hero of our story is that middle manager that has been, is maybe just been given an opportunity to lead a team um, or um, maybe they have a team and they've had a team for a while and they've gotten really good at managing and, and running systems and processes and thinking about one aspect of that person's life, like what you do for me in this job, but they've never really been given the opportunity to lead and think holistically about growing a person. See, a manager thinks one-dimensional about getting out of that person what they need to do the job. That's a manager. A leader has to be willing to say, I am willing to lead the whole person. Leaders lead the whole person and are willing to step into the other areas of that individual's life than just what they can do for me in a job. Like, and so that's a manager. So we want to create leaders that can step into that a lot sooner than maybe a promotion will give them the first time they have a team and can lead South. So WildSpark, it it scales a small group leadership experience where middle managers, maybe for the first time every month, they get to lead their teams in a very scripted and if you will, simple conversation around a leadership topic that allows them to start to get reps. They're just they're just going to facilitate great conversations that are going to be scripted. So it's really, really simple. But the more they do that, the more comfortable they're going to be having conversations around leadership. The more they're going to be comfortable around reflecting on their own leadership and having conversations with their people about where they are and where their people are. The more they're going to be engaging with their people and getting to know their people below the surface, because they're not just talking about systems, processes and goals. They're talking about growing the whole person. And trust and engagement and relationship will go deeper and further beneath the surface. And all of a sudden, we're building a lot of intangibles that every team needs to be really, really successful, to be a high-performing team that you do not get if you're only managing your people. Does that, does that resonate? Does that, I mean, I know. Totally resonates. And, and you I actually know. answered. I was on your website, and I saw leadership. <laughs> I saw engagement and I saw culture and it's like, she's been reading off my playbook. Like that's it. <laughs> if you leadership, intentional leadership, temple, intentional tracks to grow people as leaders, you allow them in to engage to where they feel like they belong in a community. And then you make sure you codify this as a part of your culture. Like you've got, you, you've written it, like you've already written the book. So um, well done, but that's where we're so aligned in that. Yeah, no, you answered uh, you answered the question before I even asked it, which was ways that you invest in and pour into your team, and you and you ever so eloquently answered those those palpable ways that you pour into the team, or that you give them the independence, you give them the ability to understand the East and West leadership, then the North and South leadership, which are there's a distinction in all of that that everybody may not understand unless they really are led in a way that opens up that space to understand it. 
So I do say if you will lead east and west and you'll start learning to lead north, like like from day one, like start. Right. I will promise you, if you stay here, you will one day lead down. You will have a team. You will have an opportunity to formally uh, experience what it is to lead a high performing team. Uh, but 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 you can start now. You don't have to wait to become right. a leader. Right. So, yep. And that's that's an important part to understand is you don't have to wait till you have the title. And I think, again, a lot of your team members embody that. You don't have to wait, you know, and you, I think, allow for each person to really show up as their best self. I mean, you have you have multiple uh, team members who have podcasts. Uh, I saw that you guys were at the Chick-fil-A conference last week. You everything, I mean, it really, and again, right, it's, it's not about the highlight reel, but a lot of us as we're, as we have built this community on LinkedIn, that is kind of where we see the lens through. And so not everything is certainly uh, always the highlight reel, but it's what is crystal clear is how the ripple effect of leadership of really good, solid foundational leadership occurs or shows up within your companies. Mm. Yeah. No, and it, it, it's it's it, it, it can't be. It has to be who you are as a leader, or who you need to become. Right? You can't just say, "I'm going to go read a good book on this and right. go, go build," you know, if you will, a, a non genuine expectation of leadership in your organization. Um, now, I will say, you have to codify it. You have to put it into a formal system and process, just like you have every other aspect. And I will say, if you want to scale, right? I mean, all of us in the startup world, we can sit around the table with a group of folks and organically transfer everything, right? You can transfer your marketing, your sales, your your operations. I can hold everybody accountable that sits around the table. But once we start to scale, right, we have to codify everything. We have to codify the systems around marketing and processes and uh, feedback loops. And, and, and we know to do that in business. But what usually doesn't take a priority of being codified is your culture. Right. And, and great cultures that have come, most of them by default, and that's because great leaders start, you know, great leaders that happen to start companies, they, they reproduce a great culture, but they can lose it very quickly as they start to scale and grow. And their immediate reach is, is no longer around the table. And they have to depend on this, the, the second generation reproducing the, the what made them special, which is the secret sauce, which is their culture. I always, I'll always point back to that is, that is why you're going to thrive long term. Um, but if you don't codify it as well, you will lose it. It's just too hard to hold on to. It's too slippery. There's, there's too much of it that just doesn't connect to the bottom line profitability of your organization. Um, so you got to work really hard to codify it. And that's one thing WildSpark really helps you do is it helps you build a system that will scale pretty immediately with your growth so that you don't lose leaders learning to lead other leaders and then scaling and, uh, and then being able to take another team, someone that's been on a WildSpark team can then easily transfer into a WildSpark leader long before uh, they get, they, they have, they're ready to take on a team, you know, a right. formal team in the organization to get the promotion. So that's what we love about it. And um, again, we just we backed into a really, really cool way to help companies scale culture and leadership development. There are a lot of organizations out there that don't have the pillars or the foundation that Wild Spark or Fire Seeds does. And, and so I'm curious, what advice would you have for a leader battling 
what may seem like a very worldly culture within their company and they want to they want to invest in really making a shift. How would they go about that? Yeah, they have to start and they have to think about concentric circles. All right. The very first circle is them, right? Uh, th- this is obviously something they've been made aware of. So that for the first time they're realizing, okay, I have been working transactionally. I have been leading transactionally and not relationally. Um, I have been thinking about growth from a, uh, a profit and sense only, not from a lives and families mindset. So you, usually somebody went to a conference, right? Somebody sat across from another leader and experienced the life that they see in that leader because they've created an organic culture that's dynamic and thriving and it's impacting the lives of people. Or maybe they just exited the company and got a lot of money and realized, oh my gosh, I just, I just sold my platform for impact. I mean, I've heard all these stories, right? So where do you start? You start by making sure there's a conviction that's clear around your own now design, intent, abilities, and execution for, for okay, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do this different. You gotta start, right? It starts with me. What are gonna be my convictions about this? You gotta develop that first. And if you don't believe, if it's not your identity, right? Atomic habits, James Clear, if you don't change your identity, so that's where it's gotta start. And then you go to the next concentric circle. That's gotta be my leadership team. And the thing about this is it it takes time. You can't change culture overnight. But if you're changing, then the, the, the greatest influence and shot you have is to change those that you, A, your direct report, that's your leadership team. And we can begin to have those conversations and then together begin to build a manifesto. I think every company should have a very clear manifesto. Why we exist, how we do it, and how we must behave. Vision, mission, values. That's And that's such a cliched answer, right? Go back. And most, because most people have done that and they don't mean anything <laughs> and they mean nothing to the company. And nobody could ever tell you what the vision was, the, value, the mission was, or what the values are. But like, it all goes back to that. Like you have to have a reset there and getting everybody on the same page, really defining your why. But I'm saying if the why is still about the business and the bottom line profitability of the business, nothing will change. If the why now is about the people in your company and their families and the betterment of their families, then you got a shot. And, and if that's what you really want, like we call it boardroom to family room. Everybody learns this very early. It's like we've created this boardroom experience, this business, so that we can impact your family room. And that is priority number one. Now, we know we can only impact a handful of family rooms if we don't grow our company. If we don't, if we're not profitable, if we don't think like stewards, like owners, and and we're really shrewd, if you will, in a very kind way about, because I've talked a lot about culture, right? And I'm I'm the guy that's going to be soft, right? And they don't care about profits. And really, you ought to be leading a nonprofit. Like, no, are you kidding me? Like, you got to be profitable. You got to, you got to be able to kick ass and, and become a profitable company that wants to be the best in the world at what you do. But then if why you do it is because you want to grow your people and give your people a better opportunity to hit their home runs where it matters most to them, and that's in their family rooms, because where can they apply this leadership immediately? Everybody has an opportunity immediately to go apply it at home. 
And if that's the only place they ever get to apply it, they never have a team. Guess what? You can radically change their lives and their heritage. And that becomes a part of your legacy. If you're a leader, if you're an executive, if you're a CEO, if you're a founder, like what will the legacy be? Will it be the dollars and cents or the exit or, you know, or, or will it be the lives that have been radically impacted because of the families that I represent? And guess what? We as CEOs, we get the majority of people's lives. Time-wise, like 80, 80,000 hours. Like we get it. They, they spend more time with us than they do in any other environment awake with their spouses, with their communities and their churches. Hands down, we get their, the majority of their lives. So what if we could also create an environment that impacted them and their families? Because guess what? If you do that, people stay with you for a long time. The best talent wants to come work for you. And at the end of the day, it, it's the Chick-fil-A principle. The compounding interest of your culture will move to such a place. Eventually, it takes time to where your profits will be a byproduct of your culture. And if that's the only way you're you're now being being known, when people look in, they'll say, oh, wow, this is this is just remarkably different than any other organization in your field, in your industry that I've ever experienced. And isn't that what we experience when we walk into Chick-fil-A? It is just remarkable. It is. So yeah, it, it's interesting that you say all that. I was recently looking at um, my LinkedIn analytics and and just got curious. I've not delved into it real deep before, and I was looking at it has a feature where you can look at like the last seven days, the last ninety days, and I clicked the selection of the last three hundred and sixty five days, and then it shows like what your top posts were. And interestingly enough, on a professional networking site, my top post within the last 365 days was something that I had shared uh, that I had written on my bathroom mirror. And it said, what would the best version of you do as a Christian, as a wife, as a mom, as a daughter, as a sister, as a friend, and as a leader? And I posed the question of, are you curious why leadership, which I relentlessly promote and talk about all the time because I have such Mm -hmm. a passion for it. Are you curious why that comes last in my hierarchy? Mm. And, and it's because my philosophy mm. is that if I am showing up in my best self in all of those preceding areas, it will undoubtedly be woven into the fabric of my leadership. Mm. It's the byproduct. It's yep. a byproduct. And so I'm curious for you, what is something that you use as a reminder to keep these things in the right order? Um. I mean, we talked about the manifesto, right? Um, I would say a cadence that holds me accountable and then a team outside of my work that also is in the trenches and holds me to what I say I'm going to be and do. So without those two things, like I'm a visionary, right? And I know if it's up to me to take all of my crazy dreaming and ideas and, and make it happen succinctly, over the course of a year, like if I don't put it in a cadence, like the cadence holds me accountable. Um, and so again, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm giving you a lot of James clear, but it's like change of process, not necessarily the outcome and results that you want to, to necessarily see change. Like if you change a process, so you got to build a process. There's got to be a cadence in place. So there is a very scripted cadence that in a sense forces me to show up at a certain time on a weekly basis, really for me, it's a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and an annual basis. We've built in cadences around 
culture, around leadership, around. And honestly, I, I tell my people this. I built a lot of this culture selfishly for me, because if I don't put it into action in a cadence with expectations for real people that are you, like I won't do it and I, I will drift and I will live by default and not by design. So part of this is I'm just selfishly building this for me because I know I know my flesh and I know that if I don't have a lot of tension in my life holding me to the things that I know I want to be about, I will drift and I will drift away from those and I will, I will miss. Now, I need not just a cadence, but I need a group of folks outside of work. And I've got a group of, of nine men uh, that I, I meet with on a quarterly basis for two, two days. We go off uh, and we talk about body being balanced and business. And it's the four quadrants that we are holding each other to. Um, and, and, I, and I couldn't do it without either one of either of those two entities. So and I'd say the third and, and most important is the alignment <laughs> with my bride. Um, you know, I can't ever forget that she's the most important person that I need to be aligned with in all of these areas. And I get passionate about leadership and growing people holistically. And that's a lot of different things and a lot of different areas of life. But like I can, if I run off and leave her behind, like that can be my biggest detriment. So those are the other three things, cadence, a team outside of work, and then be aligned with your life partner. Um, and fight for those things. And then those things will make sure everything else happens. Does that, does that resonate? Very much so. And with, so you have a large family. You, you have your, your, your bride, you have six children, you serve in church, you coach kids sports, you lead two amazing companies. You're passionate about all of it. It's, it's not only uh, comes out in your words, but you can see it physically, how passionate you are about it. How do you navigate all of that and not drop balls. <laughs> oh, well, that's, that's the, that, there's the myth or would be the lie. If I went with that, there, there is never a scenario where I'm not dropping balls. So um, first of all, yeah, it, it's uh, I mean, to have all of that and try to try to even begin to think that I do all of that with perfection is just, uh, it would really lead lead others down a road of despair, right? No, I'm right here with you. It is, it is difficult. It is a struggle. It is, uh, I fail often. I love, you know, Hampton's fail Fridays, I think. Mm -hmm. or fail, you know, I, I, I so resonate. Like I resonate, Hampton, when you do your fails, your fail, your fail posts, like which ones do I resonate with most? I resonate with your fail posts. And I, I'm like, Hampton, you don't, you don't realize how powerful those are. Like you're, you're getting more and more of a, of a presence and, and you're an influencer and like people can begin to think that you're like superhuman and, and just anybody that, that gains right influence, they gain. And, and the greatest thing you can do is say, I'm just like you, like I struggle every day and I have to fight and I have to work. And it, you know, my, my, it, I have to surrender like my, my two words, like every, every year we start off and we take our team for a full day. And that full day at the beginning of the year, we call it the first fruits, they go into you as a team. And I'm going to do this too. So I'm going to do this with you. And we're going to set goals and think for our families for a full day and get very, very specific with how we want to grow in our body, in our being, in our balance. And then, hey, guess what? Next week, we'll start business. But this week on this day, we're doing body, being, and balance. And that's your body. That's a steward of your temple. You're, who you are, this is the present. If that breaks down, guess what? You, you don't have 
you can't you can't keep serving and leading and doing being the person you want to be. So body your being is your relationship with the spiritual aspect of who you are. Um, and I'm, I'm very clear with who that is in my in my life. Um, I let them know. I mean, that's 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 Jesus Christ is, is the Lord of my life. And I, I'm just going to be very honest with them. Like, that's why I do everything I do. And so a lot of my paradigms, they come from truth that I get as I spend time with God. And, and, I, and I read a certain book that, that he prescribes that gives me a lot of my truth. So I, I'm going to I'm going to hope that you're on that journey. I believe we all are. You don't have to have the same voice and the same uh, entity that I would say is my God, but I would say you're all on a journey. So your body's got to be, you got to be, it's got to be working well. Your being, your relationship with this spiritual aspect of who you are, it's got to be working well. Uh, and then your balance, like the, the, the relationships and concentric circles out, like how are you prioritizing those? If those three things aren't going well, you will not bring your best, your best person to work. You will, in fact, it will be what will train wreck you and it will have the biggest impact on work and your productivity in my workplace. So again, there's an agenda here, right? But I think they know I love them. I care for them. Um, but it's, it's again, it's because I need you guys to help me do the same things I'm asking you to do. And if I don't have you and I don't have a cadence and I don't have this other team and I haven't built structure and expectation around them, I will not be a better version of myself next year either. So I'm going to do the very same thing that you're doing as we plan through those three areas of our life. And then guess what? We're ramping up the business next week. So that that's that's a great. Bit of that's how we operate, and and, um, and 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 the pressure that I want to take off, like you don't have to get it right. Mm-hmm. You just got to fail forward, right? You got to stumble forward. As long as you're stumbling forward, you're moving. Like again, just got back from this, the, the 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 seals experience, and it's just it's just never quit. Always be moving forward. Like it was really, really simple. But if you never quit and you're always moving forward, it doesn't matter. Sometimes you're sprinting, sometimes you're Marcus Luttrell, and you're crawling to the next line for your life. And I would say a good portion of my life has is, is been that too. So hey, I'm in the struggle, I'm in the crap, I'm in the I'm in the suck with you and with everybody listening, because that's life. Like that's that's what we're in right now. It's gonna be a struggle. So don't 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 paint a picture that I've got this thing figured out and man this 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 guy I could never be like him like it's it, it's it's every day making it a priority to have the right conversations and starting with my my wife to my kids to my team to my church in, in, in the right context and just trying to have positive tension holding me to those things so I don't drift. And my guess is you have some daily routines or habits that really keep you in line, keep you aligned with what your focus is, with what your mission and vision is. So I'm curious, what does that, what are some daily routines or habits that you do on a regular cadence that are like your non-negotiables? What are you not willing to not do? Yeah. So, um, you know, again, it would go back to this, this framework, body being balance mm-hmm. and business. Business is always the, 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 the fourth tier. Um, if I line up the other three first, then it will fuel business. Um, an impossible game, we call the impossible game, is when you're thriving in all four. If you can think in your life, when are you, it's very seldom in your life are you thriving in all four right. areas. Usually you're, you're doing good in a couple, sometimes three. But when all four are thriving, you are on fire and you are fueled and you are contributing and multiplying and 
but that, that's just not a lot. Like we're always bouncing back and forth from those four domains. So I would say body. It's four days a week. I have a cadence that I that I spend time in the gym. Um, I try to do that with strategic people. So there's a there's a double dividend. I, I, I think double. How do I do like six kids and and two business? Well, you got to get a lot of double dividends set right. up to where when you're doing one thing, you're also doing another. So I so I, I had a, a big good portion of my team. They've all abandoned me this year. I don't know why. But um, so I had to get a new team in the gym. So that was a big priority for me. Get my schedule and get my team in the gym. I've got now, I've got the, the, the regiment and the cadence. I've codified the, the workouts for my week. And I got a team that's going to hold me, that's going to hold me and encourage me and, and, and be there for me. So, um, and then I've got my, my being. So it's, it's, it's time with the Lord um, and, and getting time in the word. Um, and I do that for myself, but then I also try to get double dividends with my kids. So I, you know, about three times a, a week, um, we, I get with my, my two boys right now that are, that are 15 and, and, uh, and 12, and we're going through, we're going through first Peter right now. So just, we're, we're learning to read and pickaxe the Bible together. Um, and we do it at nine o'clock. And so there's a cadence at nine, 9 PM, you know, we've got 15 minutes, uh, you know, it's not. But it's gotten, you know, we're in the habit now of right. of doing something. It was a book um, that we read last year, and this year we're just kind of moving through a book, couple books of the Bible. So, um, I have date nights with my wife that I that I, I try to schedule in. I have annual now. I mean, my team is holding me accountable. Uh, my outside team, I call my a, my A team, and my B team. I've got a B team inside business that, that, that I that I that we have in our in our culture, and then I have my A team. So I, I've, I've talked about having a team like inside of our culture. You are on a B team that twice a quarter, you're going to get a breakfast or a lunch and you're going to be able to have a conversation with your B team. But we say you're, you should have an A team like this is just this is just for encouragement and 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 attaboys and spurring you on. But you need to have an A team where you bring all of your stuff. But that's not here. We don't expect that. Here. You got to have an A team. We're going to provide you a B team. So my A team is holding me accountable to these things every two weeks. I can't wait. Tomorrow I have a, da- a daddy-daughter date with uh, Sadler. She has six months left before she launches to college. Wow. And uh, as I was going through my balance work, you know, my, my balance uh, work, impossible game worksheet that I had all my team do, like that was that was a big part. Okay, I have six months left with her before she leaves my house. So I am not going to let a month go by where I haven't taken her out to breakfast at least two times. So every other, every other week, I've got breakfast with my daughter. So I've set should I've set goals for the trajectory of this year, and then I assess those with my with my A team, if you will, on a quarterly basis. We go off for two days and we assess those, and I and I move through body, being, balance, and then business. And then of course I've got all of my business goals that I that I put in place. So. In each of those categories, there's a part of my day that um, has been scripted out that um, that I've got a lot of accountability for. I love that that framework is really transferable to any part of your life, and 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 you really do implement that and live by it. As we wrap up, I have one last question, and uh, from a from a faith perspective, I think you'll probably profoundly understand this, but. We all have a, a limited time on earth, right? We we all have a time when it's it's time to go. And I'm curious around looking through your life, looking forward, 
what is something you hope to achieve, contribute, or create before you go? You know, um, so I lost my dad. He was 63. Um, I was 31. So like, I, I just kind of, I had some of those contemplative questions. I just asked them earlier than some do, you know? Yeah. Um, Cause I was, I was like, this could be my halftime. Like at 31, if I lived as long as my dad did, um, this could be my halftime. He was my hero. And so I do think about that often. And, um, and really it, to me, it comes back to um, the first book of the Bible in Genesis one. Um, he says to be, fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. Um, Now, I've learned that to be fruitful in John, if you go in the New Testament, there's no way I can be fruitful unless I'm connected to the vine. So if I'm not connected to the source of my strength, uh, which is the Holy Spirit and and Christ living in and through me, I just, I don't believe I have anything to offer but if I stay connected, then I can offer and I can bear fruit. But really the whole model, and I share this with my team often, like we're just, we're supposed to be fruitful. Like we're supposed to take what we've been given and be fruitful with it. Now, I believe I have to be connected for the fruit to, to, to last, but to be fruitful and then to multiply. So I think most of us would come into work and we just say, I want to produce, but the, the mindset of multiplication is, it's just not connected. Like there's an expectation not to just be productive, but to be fruitful as well. And to be fruitful means to multiply. Uh, I'm sorry, to be productive, be fruitful, to be productive means to be fruitful, but then to go to the next tier, you've got to multiply. So right. you want to be fruitful, you want to produce results at work, but then to add value to your organization and I believe to uh, what I would say is for me, building the kingdom or honoring God or Glorifying him is I want to multiply my life into others. And what happens is when we experience that, we realize that's what we were created to do. Like we were created to give our lives away. We were made in the image of God. So we were created to be fruitful. We can only do that if we're connected to the vine. But then to take it to the next level and multiply our lives, give them away to other people to simply take what we have learned and 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 start teaching someone else, start passing it on. And People realize that's the greatest joy. Like that's the trump card I have in my business model is that when you do this, you will experience a joy that you have not experienced before. You will experience a deep desire that is met. It's like it checks off. There's a principle. It's better to give than receive. Like why do we, why do we, why are we so excited at Christmas? Like we don't even realize it until we get to Christmas morning and we're more excited about that gift that we get to give to that person that we put a lot of time into Right. And we are about the eight other ten other eight thousand other gifts that we got, right? There's just a there's a deep desire we've been made in the image of God to reflect, and it is ultimately to give our lives away. And when we do that, there is nothing greater. But I hear there is, because I don't have grandchildren yet. And so there there's no greater joy than giving your life to your kids and seeing I've got one now that's about to graduate Auburn and I'm just so, so proud of them. I got another one that's in Auburn and she's, she's moving through. I'm proud of her too. I'm proud of all my kids, but like I've got one that's kind of about to launch really outside yeah. and just to see him reproducing some of the things that are near and dear to my heart. And uh, he's president of his fraternity right now and he's vice president of the business school. But the way he's living his life in light of being fruitful, 
and trying to multiply his life now, like watching my son do that, watching Hampton have his own podcast that I did not ask him to start, and Josh Swing, who, who started one as well. And it, when, when you get to see your folks then start reproducing in others, so now as Hampton and Josh are leading others to do similar things that I once said, that's that third generation. And when you see that, there, I've heard, I'm not a grand, I'm not a grand grandfather yet, but I hear there is no greater joy. So there is a, a, a process, if you will. There, there's a way to codify meaning in your life. And it's in the first book of the Bible. And it's simply be fruitful, multiply. And then the passive part of that is you will then see you're a part of filling the earth. There's a downline. There's a legacy left that's way beyond your control anymore. And, and it's, it, 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 it will do more to the, the passion and desire of your heart if you ever tap into it than anything else will give you money and purpose and significance and all those. It just, it just doesn't add up to when you, when you get to give your life. So that's, that's what we're selling here. Like, that's what I, that, you said, where, where do I get my people? I just tell them that. Yeah. And the right ones are like, I want to be a part of that. I don't know what the job is yet, but I want to be a part of that. Right. So, and I think we all resonate with that because if you look in any gang, if you look in any mafia, like principles are a little off, right? But the desire to be a part and belong in a community that's reproducing and multiplying other people that fall into their value systems is the greatest joy for them too. Just a little off in light of the principles of why they're doing what they're doing. But you see these things, it's it's the common thread amongst all of us that ties us together We're created you know, by, by a creator, made in his image, and he's given us all the same deep desires. And I believe they're only really experienced when you multiply. Mm. Well said. Well, uh, I wanted to give a shout out to Hampton. Hampton is the one who set this up. So I greatly appreciate it. I know you have a lot of priorities inside of each day. And I just really appreciate that you made me one of them today. And I just want to acknowledge you and, and thank you because I think sometimes we understand that our leadership has a ripple effect. But sometimes I don't think we understand how much of a ripple effect or how far it reaches out. And the leadership that you are exhibiting within your companies has reached me, and I don't have anything to do with either of your companies necessarily. And so there's a lot to be said about that. So thank you for the way in which you show up for your team, for your family, and and just in general each and every day. Well, you have been very, very generous with your time as well. I mean, I, I think I can say you know, JR was great. This is this is competing for the top the top experience of my of my week. <laughs> I mean. Uh, I've read a little bit about you, but I, but your reputation goes before you as well. Like the name that you have created for yourself because of the way you're living life. Um, I've heard about that through my team and, uh, and, and, and the impact you have on them. And I said this from the very beginning. So thank you. Um, and that's the beauty of this. If, if we give our lives away, we don't have to take credit for it. But every once in a while you get a thank you and it's like, wow, that's really cool to know. I'm in a much bigger, a much bigger thing here. Right. It's not really controlled by me, but I get to play a part in making people's, people's lives better. So, so thank you. Absolutely. Appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. I think there are there's lots of pearls and lots of wisdom in here. So people are going to need to go back and rewind many a times or put this on replay because I think you dropped a lot of wisdom. So I appreciate it. Support for the Evoke Greatness podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. 
the best in grooming. Breaking news. Our friends at Manscaped are now selling beard products. That's right. The leader in men's below-the-waist grooming are once again revolutionizing the men's hygiene game with the new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Look, nobody likes a weird beard, so say goodbye to all your stubble trouble and tame his mane this Valentine's Day. Save 20% off and free shipping by going to manscaped.com and using the code SUNNY20. The Beard Hedger Pro Kit is the ultimate Valentine's Day gift because you'll also be happy with this gift. It all starts with the Beard Hedger. This electric beard hair trimmer is a premium beard sculpting machine. It's got a cordless trimmer with a rotary wheel and 20 hair cutting lengths, all with one guard. So no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. Plus waterproof, so he can shave in the shower to avoid all that hair in the sink or bathroom floor. The titanium-coated T-blade is tough on hair but smooth on his face, leading to single-stroke efficiency. The Beard Hedger Pro Kit doesn't end there, though. They have created four dermatologist-tested formulations for post-trim hygiene. There's the beard shampoo and conditioner. You need to remember, your man's hair is different. Beard hair is more coarse and easier to damage than the hair on his head. That's why the kit has made shampoo and conditioner specially designed to reduce ingrown hairs, replace natural oils, and promote beard health. Next, the kit has Manscaped's beard oil. No one wants a guy whose beard is brittle and dry. The oil relieves dryness both on the beard and the skin beneath, while adding a little shimmer and shine, making him look extra fine. Cap off the kit with the Beard Balm, a pomade that shapes, styles, moisturizes, and tames for a sculpted look. The Beard Hedger Pro Kit also comes with three free gifts. A beard brush, comb, and scissors to ensure he has all the tools he needs for a perfect beard. You're going to love it, and he's going to love it. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code SUNNY20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code SUNNY20, S-O-N-N-I-E-2-0. Manscaped Beard Hedger, one stroke, one guard, 20 lengths. Thank you so much for listening and for being here on this journey with me. I hope you'll stick around. If you liked this episode, it would mean the world for me if you would rate and review the podcast or share it with someone you know may need to hear this message. I love to hear from you all and want you to know that you can leave me a voicemail directly. If you go to my website, evokegreatness.com and go to the contact me tab, you'll just hit the big old orange button and record your message. I love the feedback and comments that I've been getting, so please keep them coming. I'll leave you with the wise words of author Robin Sharma. Greatness comes by doing a few small and smart things each and every day. It comes from taking little steps consistently. It comes from making a few small chips against everything in your professional and personal life that is ordinary, so that a day eventually arrives when all that's left is the extraordinary.